0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our Foundation Season 2 coverage on Story Archives. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside... Zachary Newton, your other host. Welcome back. The long-awaited day is here, Zach. It it's is. It's here. I've been stoked. Stoked to be doing our, first and foremost, finishing up our Season 1 commentary on Foundation. Mm-hmm. Got me so excited for Season 2. I was like, I couldn't believe it the last two days that I was like, man, I was, I'm really looking forward to season two. <laughs> yeah. like, like a very hyped show I, to the point where I was like counting the minutes after seven
1: because mm-hmm.
0: I was waiting. I know that they secretly release on Thursday night. Yeah. And so I was there like, please don't release tomorrow. Like release tonight. I really want to watch this episode. And sure enough, sure enough, season two starts with a bang. Cleon literally starts with a bang. <laughs> and... uh Let's just say, and I've been saying this for a while, I feel like they're really, really taking a page out of the Game of Thrones book in more ways than one at this point.
1: I can't really comment on that. Having not seen the show, it is on my list. I'll get there soon. But man, this was this was very interesting for the first episode. I too was extremely excited. I only watched the trailer for the first time yesterday, right mm. after we finished recording. So I'm- yeah. I'm super excited. I'm super happy about this first episode. I think it. I'm already more impressed than I was with season one. We're only one episode into this, so I'm ready to go, yeah. man. Episode
0: one titled In Selden's Shadow, and we know a lot has to do with the shadow that uh, just this being that he's, he's kind of stuck like in this labyrinth of his own mind trying to figure out the afterlife, so to speak, and what his existence is in this afterlife. And we get a lot of flashbacks from him, specifically from his childhood where he's playing with this 3D, this three-dimensional object, and it's two-dimensional shape on the wall. And so, Mm -hmm. he's trying to very much, I mean, I'm still a little bit confused, I'll be honest with you, after this first watch of what's going on here. And I think even after the deep dive, I'm still going to be a little bit confused as to what's going on. But I think, you know, my Gail Dornick intuition is telling me that he is... Somewhere in the in-between. This is within the Prime Radiant, as we as we learn later. Mm-hmm. And he's being guided by this woman who seems to be the embodiment of his creation. It seems that he's created this new sentient being that is the Prime Radiant. And uh, we'll talk more about the Prime Radiant in itself, because I personally learned something about it when Gale opens it up later in the episode, that it's pretty much what Harry says. I, I literally wrote it down here. Um, let me see if I can find it really quick. He gives an explanation as to what it is. He says it's an adaptive, predictive, four-dimensional model that takes in new data. It learns. <laughs> so when she opens up that radiant later on Synax, and you see that it's almost like a touchscreen app, and she's yeah. like, well, "You see right here. Uh, this is we're going to zoom in here. This is the first crisis." And you see <laughs> like, oh, that is, <laughs> I swear, everything we devi- went wrong. <laughs> yeah, we deviated there. And so in her cryosleep of one hundred and thirty-eight years. The Prime Radiant apparently is up to date with real-time information Yeah, that is taking off, which is incredible. It's just mm-hmm. incredible. But I, what are your thoughts on the whole Prime Radiant thing? And we get a heavy <laughs> dose of Harry here, which I was not expecting right off the bat.
1: I wasn't, but I am very happy that we're getting a lot of Jared Harris in this. I mean, I, I, he's a great actor. I love that we're seeing him here. I think his character's more interesting um than than it was in season one at the very least but my question is how the hell did he get into the prime radiant when we know in the last season that he let Gail go right and then they have both been in cryosleep for 138 years so when and where did she trap him in this prime radiant well i think he was in the knife was he not she says she transfers him from
0: the knife to the cube which I wrote mm. down a funny note. I was like, what is he? A USB drive? Like you're just transferring his, his freaking being from one object to the next? Like how does that work?
1: You That's know? interesting. So that almost sounds like there was uh there's three versions of him then. There's the one on Helicon, the one on Terminus, and now the I one don't, I don't in, think There is one on Helicon, by the way. Well, he he was he was heading there with his ship, remember? I don't
0: think that he made it. I, I if I had to if I had to guess, I mean this is This is the nice thing about watching this fresh. (laughs) All this shit is just reckless speculation. It's just... Yeah. But I don't... I'm not sure he made it. I think maybe part of Gale and Salvor's next steps here, if and when they get off of Synax, which is... You can kind of... If you say fast, it's just snacks, you know? Snacks. uh, Yeah. um, When they get off this, you know, water hellhole planet, uh, they might have to go to Helicon for all we know.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we know from the trailer that they're going to go somewhere. I don't know where. They almost make it off the planet, I guess. They got the beggar back in, in the end. They did get the beggar back.
0: Uh, we can talk about that a bit later, because, I mean, I found it all very interesting about the whole, like, there's a hurricane coming type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking about the page from Game of Thrones, in Game of Thrones, there's this looming winter is coming. This This endless winter, which a lot of people are mad about the way it ends up in the show, but Winter Mm. is supposed to be for a long period of time, they call it the long night, Mm. okay? For me, taking that whole inspiration of Game of Thrones again, because remember, this show, from all the book readers who have reached out to us via the mailbag, everyone has said the same thing. This series is completely deviated from the books in a good way that everyone has pretty much said unanimously. Mm -hmm. They've uh, They've dived deeper into characters that were not focal points of the novels themselves. They've taken creative liberties with the Cleon dynasty, the genetic dynasty here. Uh, Harry Seldon's more prominent, but to me, the form of winter is coming is Harry's age of darkness, the Mm. age of darkness that he is trying to shorten through his own
1: uh, the through the success of his Foundation plan. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's interesting because it seems like whatever has happened, you know, whatever Rache did is now prolonging the potential darkness here because of this whole deviated path. Looks well, a little Rache, terrifying. Oh, what do you mean by what Rache did? Well, remember in last season, Rache put Gale in a pod and this is part of what Harry seems tormented on, right? Like he he shouts out, uh, you know, why did you put her in the pod early in the episode? Right? So, th- this has just created like a whole different timeline. Everything is off. So, you know, I'm wondering how much of the, the previous Harry predictions we can like throw throw away, throw to the wind, right? Like it's, it may not be real anymore. The, the equation has changed, I guess. Hmm. It
0: seems to me that maybe Gale has somewhat hijacked Harry's plan Pun unintended, but if you're enjoying the show Hijack, we're doing some coverage on the Apple TV (laughs) series Hijack. And if you want to tune into that, you can check out our midseason recap and get ready for our finale recap of that. Back to the hijacking of Harry's plan. It seems that Harry has, I mean, Gale has taken pretty much control of the plan in some way. Where Did you catch what he calls Gale, the nickname he has for her?
1: Uh, His tormentor?
0: yeah Gail Dornick, my tormentor, yeah so I did. they allude to something that I you know I think they kind of gloss a little bit over season one Gail pretty much destroys that ship wherever it's heading it's heading towards helicon, uh and she pretty much destroys the weather regulation environmental regulation stuff in the ship so that it burns when they're entering in that atmosphere of Helicon, right, so mm-hmm. the debris field that they were in, so whatever was going on there it seems like that's the reason they parted ways negatively and that's why in this episode we get that scene where harry says it's time for us to have a reckoning
1: yeah epic line epic way to end the episode too by the way
0: why do you think she's so scared of him when he's just a hologram what (sighs) effect
1: can he have on her as a hologram that is a very good question i don't know i mean i'm I didn't think that they, I mean, it wasn't like they left on the best of terms when, uh, you know, she got in the pod uh, near Helicon and left. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did let her go, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm still kind of confused as to how he's here. Maybe maybe he did. I mean, he said he came out of the knife. So I don't know if this is like the same version of it. Like, was he always in the knife or something like that when they were on the ship? I'm not quite sure.
0: Uh, hopefully we get some clarity on it. But one thing I know about Foundation is it does require that rewatch. Mm -hmm. to kind of fully grasp what's going on. But you're in luck if you're into rewatches because we do a deep dive coverage. Uh, The way we release things around here, we do an instant reaction episode right after the episode launches. We're not one of the big boys, so we don't get the screeners for these ahead of time. So we watch it live with all of you out there, drop an instant reaction. And then Sunday nights, you can look forward to our longer episode, usually about an hour of our deep dive coverage. Okay, Um on that note, I think there's going to be a lot of questions that are answered one as we go further along and, and watch these episodes a second yeah. time. I imagine. Let's get to, let's get to Trantor because, okay. on the 17th is an interesting character. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: I read at the first episode that we, that we began this journey in foundation season one, mm-hmm. um, that this series is loosely based on I mean the book, actual book series was based on the fall of Rome Mm -hmm. Uh, let me tell you it seems like the further along we've gotten, because we end season one realizing that the source material of Cleon the First, like the genetic sample has been tampered with so now each progressive clone that we get down the line should technically be further and further away from that original Cleon mm-hmm. sample, the pure Cleon the first. So by the time we get to the 17th, this guy, which is interesting because it seems that Dawn and Dusk are not in line with what he's doing, but he's breaking with all sorts of tradition. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, he seems to be the first Emperor Day who's actually having sex with Demerzel, which yeah. is creepy in a way because Demerzel pretty much nurtures these clones to from like being a baby all the way to being dead. Uh, vaporized. Being, yeah, pretty much to being vaporized. You're right. hundred yeah. percent correct there. But we also learned something that my suspicions were correct on in season one. Mm-hmm. She had a little romantic uh relationship with Cleon the first, which yeah. we see in that scene when they take the ship up to go look at the, um the star bridge that had collapsed, right? They go up there to take dusk. To go see it. It's like floating in space. And then they pretty much blow it up because it's floating above Trantor. Mm-hmm. She, there's a tear that streams on her face when she sees Cleon the First, right? Yeah. And it was like a weird kind of moment, but there's also other semblant, there's other moments like that when you see the flashback with her and Cleon the First, where mm-hmm. you think, mm, maybe something happened here. And turns out something did happen. And it's not um, maybe it's not public knowledge, but it seems to be public knowledge to the emperors themselves. And anyways, the 17th seems to be the first one since the first one to want to rekindle those uh, romantic relationships with Demerzel, which brings into question what's going on with Demerzel because yeah. she is hardwired to defend the the Empire, like the success of the Empire above anything else. I mean, she literally snaps Don's neck yeah, in the last time we see her. But the last thing we see of her last uh season is her ripping her own face off probably in what you were saying which was Mm -hmm. a regret for doing something that she didn't want to do Mm -hmm. but that she could not tear herself away from doing
1: yeah yeah no i mean it's it's a very interesting pivot for her uh you know after killing uh well one of the empire to now sleeping with him yes a lot of progression there and i don't i don't know what that means for uh i guess her her directives or her programs or whatever i mean I, I kind of half expected going into this first episode that there would be some sort of like a rift between Empire and Demerzel because they're no longer pure and maybe that's what she was really sent to protect because she used the words the Kleonic dynasty and I think kills Don because he's not pure and a part, like truly part of that Kleonic dynasty in, in uh, season one. Yeah, but neither is Day. Not, not anymore, no. But,
0: um, no, no. Even actually, then, we
1: find out that Day was not.
0: And when he's I, speaking to the Shadow Master.
1: Yeah, and I, I I'm going to assume that you were also right about Dusk because it seems there was no way to, you know, fix this cloning issue. And you know, I was, I would assume that if Dusk if in pure. that last season was pure, they could just use him as the core going forward. But yes, hundred percent. I had
0: a question, or maybe a, a thought about what were we talking about? Okay, no, this is actually clarity for the audience out there who's a little, who might be a little confused regarding these clones. Mm-hmm. The Emperor Day Day is the middle one who rules over, over the Empire. The last one we saw in season one was Cleon the 13th. That would mean that every Cleon that we saw in the last season is gone. Yeah. Because Dawn would have been Cleon the 14th. So that means we've gone, um, this is technically four generations after what we saw. This would be 14, 15, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. So, we are, we have no connection. In fact, the only connection we have is when Don is having a conversation with Day in this episode and Day says, I felt frightened today. Because mm-hmm. we open up with him having sex with Demerzel and an assassination attempt. So, yeah, this this emperor that we're used to seeing not get his hands dirty, right off the bat, he's getting, you know, really he's, doing dirty. The di- <laughs> he's doing the dirty. He's half naked. He's literally naked for like Probably the first twenty minutes of this episode. Yeah. Which, by the way, they still did pretty conservatively. Which, if this was HBO, you would have freaking seen Demerzel full, (laughs) full full exposed. Yeah. You would have seen him full exposed. This would have been like a full, full on exposure fest. Would have made Euphoria look like a a kids show. Um. Anyways, the the only reference we get to Cleon the Thirteenth is when Don references him like with with reverence, saying, "Well, Cleon the Thirteenth felt fear." Mm -hmm. So, we know that this isn't unique, right? So, they're grappling with this kind of new existence where they feel like individual souls. But there's another wrinkle. That's something going on with Cleon. First and foremost, you have the assassination attempt by a group called the Blind Angels, which apparently, from what we know so far, there's no way you can trace anything off of them on their end. Mm -hmm. So, somebody on the inside is trying to assassinate them. With good reasoning, it could be dawn or dusk. Why? Because of what I'm about to say next. This Cleon is breaking with all tradition completely because he's going to take a bride. Yeah. Which means he'll probably have kids. Which means where the hell does that leave Dawn when it's time for him to rule?
1: On the sidewalk. Pretty <laughs> that's, much, right? That's where it leaves Dusk, Dead, and Dawn on the sidewalk.
0: Heavy Lannister vibes. Heavy Lannister vibes early, early on here. Um What are your thoughts just in and just in total, what's going on here with Day, who seems to be a combat expert now. He literally fends off an entire assassination attempt while
1: um, naked. Pretty distracted. Yeah, uh, that too. After his uh, his lover's head gets half cut off. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, he uses her. How about
0: that? <laughs> he, he flips her over on top yep. and uses her as a shield- <laughs> to protect himself
1: like, i mean he's ruthless she, i mean she's a pretty badass robot and the fact she that is. that didn't destroy her is pretty impressive but no i'm i'm really liking this day i mean i i was liking the the day from the last season that, that we got towards the end of the season just because he, he was really different he did feel like he was evolving a bit after the the spiral but uh this guy is just man that he feels like a like a rock star em- emperor yes. or something, right? Yeah. Like he yes. he's just looks like the shit. He knows he's the shit. And it's just, it's kind of funny, uh, but I'm liking it. I'm really excited to see what this guy ends up doing. <laughs> it's a fun
0: character. He's reckless. He's abusing his power. Yeah. Uh, he's branching out just completely from the dynasty, which he says something that reminds me of Cleon the 13th. Um, he pretty much, remember, I think it's Cleon the 13th who says that they forgot how to think for themselves pretty much. Mm. Right? Yeah. And he says something along those lines. Like we he Cleon the First, like he was dreaming. You know, we've been just following his vision. We need to do our, we need to also think about it as well. Yeah. And here he says, you know, the Empire needs to remember how to paddle. <laughs> he's taking us and he's taking you into the rapids, right? And let's bring up Queen Sareth, who apparently is a badass of dubious uh background, so to speak. There's a rumor that she orchestrated the accident that put the crown on her head that made her queen and we don't know much about
1: her planet or where she came from but they knows how to pick them. Yeah, he does. I have no idea what the accident would have been, but you know, I'm I had imagine that we're going to find out a little bit more about that at some point in the next what episode or two. This relationship's mm-hmm. got to go somewhere.
0: Queen Sarah, she seems like a match for him. Seems like a intellectual match for sure.
1: Yeah, they I agree. I agree that they, they both seem really like a strong-minded people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it'll be a very interesting duo. They'll, yeah. they'll both push each other farther. They'll, they'll push each other to do things that maybe they wouldn't do if they were alone. would be my guess. I like her. Yeah.
0: I like her. Uh, we have an emailer out there who also likes Demerzel a bit here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll start the Queen Sarah yeah. fan club as well, too. Um, okay. We see Terminus we see the vault. The vault seems to be like an alarm system now for the foundation, which has succeeded in Harry's plan of making the empire think that they have pretty much been eva- like eradicated by a solar flare, mm-hmm. right? Um, which was good timing with the situation of what was going on. They, the empire got distracted finding out about the tampered clone material, so much so that apparently it took 173 years, or no, 138 years, right? Yeah, 138 years. To pretty much sit on their hands and never investigate the damn Outer Reach. (laughs) And so now the Outer Reach has managed to nibble away, according to Gale's narrations that continue in this
1: season. Someone salty about that.
0: Uh, it's just like I want Gail to be grounded in the present.
1: Gail be Gail. Come on, she's back. Let's start with the narrations.
0: Let me ask you this if you eliminated the narration, mm-hmm. you would still know everything that's going on to the same degree. Yeah. It's like when it, if you're writing for a paper, they'll just cut out all your adjectives and stuff like that. Like it, they'll just clean all the fluff words, they'll take mm-hmm. them out. If you just remove the narrations completely, you wouldn't, you would be pretty much on the same page as you are now. Yeah. With, with being able to discover more for yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, we do see Terminus and we get introduced by a new character, which I'm hyped about. He's uh, Holt McCallany is the name of the actor. He's pretty well-known actor. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in a very, uh, he was in a show called, what was the name of that show? I think it was called Lights Out. He plays a like a kind of washed up boxer. Lights Out, yeah. On, on FX. And then he might be more known for being in Mindhunter, which is the David Fincher television show that's on Netflix that's been pretty much, that's been stopped in production for a while now, but Mm. he plays one of the key uh, FBI agents. And he's just, he's a fantastic actor. He's definitely going to be a major player in this season, I would assume. And I I don't even know what his name is in the show. And I kind of don't want to look it up. I want to just know, find out whenever we formally meet him, but he is the warden of Terminus now. Yeah. So whatever his connection to it is, he's letting everyone know that Harry's kind of like this Messiah-like figure now, right? Like when he's talking to the Prime Radiant or no, when Demerzel's giving the the debrief to Day in yeah. the middle of uh, Queen Sereth's arrival, she says they talk about this. This pretty much like a let me just say like however I interpret it It was like this prophet who will come back and lead his people to like a promised land. Mm-hmm. So they're dealing like with the you know with that sort of language when talking about Harry Seldon. He's truly become a martyr like um, larger than life figure. Um, but this vault's going off and it's pretty much alerting them that Harry is about to make an appearance in Terminus. It would seem because yeah. the null field is retracting. So, and by the way, terminus is popping right now. Like the whole thing's oh, it, expanded. Yeah. It is
1: it is booming. They did a good job at uh collecting people or curating people, I think was uh, the uh, the term that was used. And it looks like, yeah, sure. that the warden is I'm just gonna say he's our Hugo replacement.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um accidentally saw his name, but it is a cool name. Anyways. <laughs> We also have the director for this episode is Alex Graves. He is a veteran director. He's done a bunch of, he's directed a bunch of uh, television shows from Snowfall to Homeland, The Boys and he has three episodes in this season. He also did Altered Carbon the show that you ah, mentioned to me in the past. Yeah, Interesting. But, uh, he's got three episodes to direct in this season it would seem.
1: Okay. I did like Altered Carbon. It was good he's yeah. he was also a uh, director on game of thrones wasn't he no 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 alex graves you said yes okay
0: if you have anything to dispute that let me know but i did not see that i
1: mean imdb says otherwise
0: are you looking at the right job title
1: director let me look it up let's see there's a lot of new rings around uh transfer though this thing has evolved a lot over 138 years
0: hold on I'm looking I'm now I'm distracted
1: uh, see Mario's got to know
0: it must have been early early on what was was year? F- uh, 2013
1: 2014
0: what episodes did he do in Game of Thrones 2013 There's- 2014 yeah hold on I me mean, he did 6 episodes let me see what he did
1: seasons 3 and 4
0: six episodes which ones oh wow okay nice Ooh, all right i'm not gonna mention any of them but yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. that's awesome i did not know that
1: so i guess they did take a page out of
0: game of I thrones d- book here? I <laughs> b- should, I, well, literally yeah yeah that's a great point zach i I've, I've been saying it and you've been making fun of me because i say it like pretty often mm-hmm. but that's a great point that you pick up on there which is like they literally said, hey, Apple probably wants <laughs> to make this their Game of Thrones, at least their first of hopefully many. Yeah. And what what better way to do it than to get a guy who's directed Game of Thrones and who can bring that vibe to it? Because now you get this different type of political intrigue now. You have all sol- sorts of storylines going on at the capital of Trantor. You have an assassination attempt. You don't know who's behind it. You have different... Um, they allude to different types of um, factions, right? You have the blind angels, where you see—if you saw the face of the assassins—they literally have no yeah, eyes. No eyes. They make mention of who's leading the outer reach. Is led by magicians that can elude gun uh, gunfire. Mm-hmm. So you're hearing about these other magician types. So, how you know we're getting introduced to other planets and their people and the different factions that exist and that makes things always more interesting
1: in my opinion yeah it seems like there's a there's gonna be a bit more like lure in this and just you know i mean yeah the the spectrum is getting much wider here i also know that i mean i'm assuming that we're going to see a lot more beasts based in the trailer i don't know if that deep space beasts animals creatures things like that so kind of excited to see that as well the world just feels like it like this the world in this season feels so much bigger than the first season already to me it's so much more complicated
0: yeah it really it honestly felt like the first season was just a prologue of introducing and setting the stage for everything going on yeah um and the rest now is is kind of to figure everything out because you have you know gale and salvor on the planet it's kind of like i know it's not everybody's favorite out there but which is the star wars with Rey? oh goodness
1: episode seven force force awakens something
0: or whatever. like that either way We're what i'm trying
1: to say is shit on for that i'm not yeah, I what,
0: I, what i'm trying to say is i mean i'm not a huge star wars fan so i've I already get flack for that, i don't but, i don't like the disney um, uh,
1: movies but okay
0: ray goes to get luke who's like kind of reluctant to want to leave this planet you know and gail's mm-hmm. here like kind of reluctant to want to continue harry's plan she's not happy with harry she doesn't trust harry she's mm-hmm. like me I, I think Harry's uh, what Now now I got to be with Harry because Cleon the 17th, you can't follow someone like that. And by nah. the way, I didn't get to finish my point on the Roman Empire thing, but there was an emperor who was like the complete debaucherous of the debaucherous of hmm. emperors. And uh, pretty much Ro- well, probably Nero. It's like he was literally yeah. doing all sorts of things that we can do research on and figure out like how much Cleon checks the boxes on these things later <laughs> in the season. But... It seems that Cleon the 17th is probably the main Cleon for us in this season, if I had to guess. Yeah, I I would imagine.
1: Yeah, I would imagine we don't get too many time jumps in this. I'm not sure. I I I feel like I'm going back on on what I may have mentioned uh, in our previous episode. But I'm hoping that we get to stick with this because I really like the characters that we're set up with right now. I want to see them continue to grow. I don't want to jump to somebody else.
0: It keeps things more grounded. I'm okay with the flashbacks in the sense of the way they happen with Harry or in the way Gail or Salvor's intuition works. Yeah, same. But I don't want to see like what we had in season one where we go from Emperor twelve to Emperor thirteen. Like I just wanna stick with the guy and see what the what the growth looks like throughout the season.
1: No more cryopods, no more slow ships. Just give us the jump drives, damn it. Come on. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Well, we'll see what happens if they're able to get the barrier off the planet. But let's not go too much further here. This is an instant reaction. Y'all got the instant reaction. We hope you enjoyed season two, episode one, In Seldon's Shadow. We hope you enjoyed this instant reaction coverage of it. And we hope you're itching till Sunday to listen to our deep dive coverage
1: absolutely well thank you for listening to this episode of something that mario is going to continue talking on i got to do a little housekeeping all right let's do the housekeeping i
0: didn't do it at the beginning they're probably going to skip through it at this point anyways but if you enjoy this coverage if you like the vibe of this show please make sure to subscribe join us for this entire journey we're going to be dropping two episodes a week one on late thursday early friday one on sunday night instant reaction and deep dive for foundation until we finish foundation season two. We're also covering Black Mirror Season 6 as we continue our coverage there. We're picking up with Episode 3, which is starring Aaron Paul. And we are going to continue our coverage of Hijack, starring Idris Elba, as we continue that series along and probably do one finale recap. And then we have another series that we're going to be dropping later on. Not right now, but we're going to be leading up to Part 2 of Lupin on Mm -hmm. Netflix, starring Omar Sy fantastic show if you like the gentleman burglar james bond-esque characters that one is for you and like i said subscribe follow hit us with the five star ratings subscribe to our youtube and as zach is configuring our twitter we want to have more of a presence and post some of our episodes and content to twitter so head on over there and zach you do your polish radio host outro please
1: For sure. Well, now that we do have a clean house, thank you for listening to this episode of Foundation by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We are on YouTube at Soapbox Podcast Network with a bunch of different playlists for the different shows that we've been covering. You can visit our website at soapbox.house, email us at contact.soapbox.house, and there is a link in the description below to sign up for our quarterly newsletter. Is that all? That's all.
0: Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time, please respect and enjoy the peace. (laughs) Peace.